Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. The Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is neither federal, right? It's not yeah. federal. It's not owned by the government. It's not a government agency. It has no full faith and credit. Why would a system where over a 30-year period, half of your purchasing power disappears? Why would that be good? Since 1913, the Fed was created to create inflation. CPI is kind of a silly number. It's massively lagging. It really doesn't have anything to do with reality. From 1776 to 1913, a dollar was worth a dollar, right? Why is it called a dollar? We stole it from the Rothschilds yeah. in Holland. Yeah. Housing prices over the last year went up 40%, four zero in one year. Did my house get bigger? Did it grow? Did it get more efficient? Did it somehow get better? No, so it actually- I paid $4.99 for a gallon the other day versus 33 when I got my license. It's the same gallon of gas. <laughs> it well, it's not that the gas is better. It's that the dollar got worse. Here's the, the whole economies collapse if you try to take that funny money, because it really is funny money. I mean, it's money created out of thin air. This front, three and a half trillion dollars with a T, trillion, three and a half trillion of wealth went from the average person to the elite class. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from some of the top crypto researchers in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, also known as the chart analysis expert and somebody who needs no introduction on our channel, a renowned crypto investor who you may recognize from the Anthony Pompliano podcast we showed yesterday. Mark Yusko is in the building, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how despite the SEC clamping down on crypto, our industry is thriving outside of the United States as countries around the world are moving away from the U.S. dollar and into digital assets. Ripple announced two central bank digital currency projects being built on the XRPL as Coinbase is fighting back against the SEC, now stating government agencies are harming the market, not protecting investors. And with the world dumping the U.S. dollar and moving into digital ecosystems, we break down the details, asking our special guests how to profit during the greatest transformation of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, on days like this, I feel a little bit guilty that our introductions run so long. So Mark, first of all, thank you for your patience. But Johnny, how are you feeling this morning, my friend? And thank you for being here. Abs, I'm feeling great. It's always great when you wake up and you're breathing the fresh air, the beautiful sun outside. It's a beautiful thing. So I love that. Let me just start out like I always do. Good morning to our warrior maniacs out there. Love you guys to show up every single day in there. Best chat we have 
It's unbelievable, but I'm super excited today. Not only do we get to spend some time with Billy, but we got a special guest here today, Abs. You know how much I love this man. Great, great. Always brings great content. But, Mark, I got to ask you, buddy, like I always do, you got to show us. What are you wearing today? Well, oh, what's man. Next? We wow. got okay. Today. Yeah. So I'll do what the down there, Mark. Show so, me, baby. I, I do have, I have the what orange pants on Bitcoin Friday. But we, gosh, ooh, that's too many. So I have Woo. the uh, Bitcoin whale on today. And um, <laughs> nice. why do I have the Bitcoin whale on? So it's because for the first time in a decade, a handful of, of whale wallets have moved. And I think that's interesting. And, you know, the other thing is that the market manipulation that's going on, and we'll talk about that in the traditional markets later, but, you know, there was this crazy thing, you know, we hit 30,000 in big TC mm. and there was a leak that wallets associated with Mt. Gox and, and the government were selling turned mm. out to be a lie you know, we crashed 2000 bucks instantaneously and then we're all the way back, you know, touch it, nipping it at 30,000 again today. And that kind of nonsense bothers me, but it's not just crypto. It's, it's everywhere. It happens in the bond markets. It happens in the stock markets. It happens everywhere. Everywhere there's money, where there's wealth, there's going to be manipulation. And if you're just not aware of it. If you're not paying attention to it, you can get victimized by it. But at least if you're aware, you can you can fight back against it. Absolutely, Mark. And before I roll into our content, I'd love to give Billy just a quick chance to introduce himself. Billy, always happy to have you on these Fridays. It's a conspiracy Friday, even though Mark Yusko's in the building. So I'm excited to talk to you, my friend. How are you feeling? And thank you for being here. Bro, always blessed to be here, man. And it, it's always exciting when Mark comes on because I know it's about to get some knowledge dropped out here. Uh, much appreciated you being here, man, even just bringing us this knowledge. Uh, this is just crazy. So I'll just shut up and probably listen most of the time. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to get this show started, but not the same way we always do. We're rolling right into our crypto content, or at least some U.S. dollar related content, Mark, as China plans to create a $58 billion railway system connecting Palestine to China in order to reduce, reduce Western dependence, specifically when it comes to foreign trade. And I'm just going to give you the open floor here before we get into our crypto specific articles. Everyone's talking about the de-dollarization happening today. It's something that's been discussed since the 1980s. Are you concerned? And is this really the moment we've all been talking about? Well, I'm not, I'm not concerned at all. I, I mean, in the sense of this is as inevitable as crypto adoption. And you know, what people don't really pay attention to is those that plan for the future have a better chance of achieving that future. And those who who don't plan and, and try to be reactive can can get left behind. And you know, one of the things that that I I talk about this all the time, I have a hashtag for it, China playing go. So Americans, Europeans, we're we're like arguing about how to set up the checkerboard. Putin is playing 3D chess, but the Chinese are playing Go. It's a different game. Checkers and chess are confrontational games, right? It's head-to-head, -head, confrontation, middle of the board, attack. Go is different. Go is about relative advantage all over the board. And, and you kind of set up one area where it's like, look at this, look at this, look at this, and don't pay attention to what I'm doing over here, and then bam, you win. 
And that's what, what China's doing with their, their One Belt, One Road and with their uh, bringing the yuan to be a world reserve currency. So in 2017, it became a world reserve currency, not the dollar is still the, but it became a world reserve currency when it was included in the SDRs with the IMF. So, but if you look at China's 30 year plan, which they passed last year at the, the party Congress, they were very, very direct about their goal. Their goal is to be the capital T, capital H, capital E superpower, right? From 1990 to 2020, their goal was much more modest. They wanted to go from, you know, a not very prosperous society to a moderately prosperous uh, socialism economy. It was called the harmonious rise. Wasn't that threatening? Sounds actually kind of good. They took 700 million people out of abject poverty and put them in the middle class. It's the size of the U.S. and Europe together. Okay? Those 700 million people now want to rise out of the middle class into the upper classes. They see the life that we all enjoy and, and they want. And, and China has said now our next goal is to have a prosperous socialism economy, to be the superpower, to have the renminbi be the world reserve currency. Now, because that could never happen. Well, let, let's think about this. So why, why do world reserve currencies exist? Well, they have existed since the beginning of time based on naval superiority. If you had the most powerful navy, you had the uh, world reserve currency. So believe it or not, Portugal, right, little teeny tiny Portugal, had the world reserve currency for about 75 years in the 1400s because why? They had the most powerful navy. Well, how could they have the most powerful navy? They had the tallest trees, therefore they had the fastest ships, therefore they had naval superiority, they were the world reserve currency. Spain took them over, got the trees, got the ships, Spain had it. France took over Spain. Well then, even crazier than Portugal, the Netherlands. The Netherlands? How the hell did the Netherlands become the world reserve currency? The Rothschilds. The Rothschilds, okay? It's Conspiracy Friday. And by the way, it's only a conspiracy if it's not true. Exactly. Truth is an absolute defense. And, you know, I, I, I tweeted this out, breaking, you know, world is running out of conspiracy theories as they all become true. So the, the thing about it is it's not a conspiracy theory to say that the Rothschild family, and it's a big old family, but that family, that single family has as much wealth as the bottom 75% of the planet. Just let that hang in the air for a second. One family as much wealth as about 6 billion people. That's amazing, right? That's amazing. So what did they do? They created a central bank in 1607, and that central bank's job was to finance wars by creating money out of thin air. Okay, so that's what they did. So that, that bank established themselves as the central uh, central Reserve for the, the world, and they took over France and became the world reserve currency. Well, then half the Rothschilds split, not half, some number of them left and went to the UK. And 
invented the steamship. They had the most powerful navy. They set up a central bank, shockingly, in the same mold as the Bank of the Netherlands. And that became the world reserve currency. Sun never sat in the British Empire for about 80 years. And then what happened? We, okay, invented nuclear warships. We became the superpower. We became the world reserve currency in 1944. And we have been. But here's the thing. China figured out about a decade ago, the next war ain't going to be fought with ships. It's going to be fought with chips. It's not about naval superiority. It is about cyber superiority. 96% of AI citations last year were out of China. Not out of the United States, not out of Europe, not out of Russia, out of China. They have superiority in 5G and AI. We have superiority in social media. We rock at Instagram and Facebook. Good for us. But here's the thing. I went on vacation to Costa Rica, partially because my wife wanted to go to the rainforest and I thought it was cool, but also partially to kind of check it out and see if it was friendly to crypto folks. Interesting place. Long story short, I'm in the rainforest in the middle of the jungle, okay? Nowhere near anything, in the back of a car, and my son is streaming video games. Like, how the hell is he doing that? A Huawei router in the guy's van from satellites, right, to Huawei. Not a U.S. company, not a European company, to a Chinese company. And so that superiority goes to this whole idea of the one, and I'll get to your point. So why Pakistan to China? Now, eventually it'll go to Palestine too, but from Pakistan to China, why Pakistan to China? Because China is redeveloping what's called the Silk Road, right? The Marco Polo route from Europe to China. People forget 2,000 years of history, 1,800 of those 2,000 years, China's been number one. 1,800 of 2,000 years, China's number one. They had a 200-year failed experiment with communism, and now they're going back to the heaven's mandate. She brought back the Confucianism belief that China has a mandate from heaven to be the dominant superpower. They believe at their core, they were given a mandate from the heavens to be the dominant superpower. So they're coming, they're, they're going back that way. And the One Belt, One Road initiative basically goes out to all of the countries along the axis from the, the, the southern China to Europe and is slowly but surely co-opting them by buying the ports, by buying the railroad routes, by establishing new rail routes. Here's the thing. China builds more high-speed rail in one year than all the high-speed rail in the United States in the wow. history of high-speed rail. Okay? They build more power plants in, than all the power that's generated in the UK. So it's a to they have to build 10 cities the size of Philadelphia every year. Just let that sink in for a second. It's a big deal. So the, the idea that, that they're not on this path to dominance, and, and, and not all of it's great, right? Some of it's dystopian, right? They've already got a central bank digital currency that has ultimate surveillance. 
they've already got this silly ass checkpoint system, you know, green smiley face and red frowny face where you can't leave your 15 minute city if you, you know, test positive for some, you know, flu or your social credit score goes down and you're just not allowed to board a train. Okay. So there's, it's not all good. It's 1984-esque, but, but they are more advanced and what they're, what they're moving toward is so profound. And yet, if you read the Western press, they're idiots. They're stealing all of our technology. Mm-mm. It's going the other way, y'all. Mark, can I ask you a quick question? One of the things that we keep continuing to see in first world countries is the, the decline in population, especially in people in my generation. People under 30, 35, they just aren't having kids anymore. Yep. They aren't getting married anymore. And yep. we're seeing that in China, Japan, and the United States more often than anywhere else. So yep. I'd love to get your take on that. That's clearly a threat to the economic system. Do you think that's a problem China's going to have to deal with? Uh, again, Western media misinformation. So here, here's the thing. Yes, China has an echo, a, a baby boom, just like we do. Okay, And theirs is complicated by the fact that they had the one-child policy. So Japan is the worst, right? Japan has a negative, you know, population growth because their birth rate is so low relative to, you know, you have to have 2.1 to repopulate, to to grow population. And they're down at like 1.2, 1.3. Europe's fallen below 2.1. The U.S. is bordering on that that 2.1 level. Uh, We still have population growth. We still have a little bit of immigration, although we're going the wrong way on that too. Uh, We should open up the borders and let everyone come in, literally everyone. In fact, we should send planes to China and India and get their smartest people and bring them back and give them free land and let them build. Whole nother story. Um, But but China's population, everyone talks about has this big aging population. But here's the thing. Culturally, they're built to handle aging population because unlike the West and particularly the United States, where we dismiss the aged and we don't like them, we don't appreciate them. I mean, I'm about to turn 60 this year and I don't feel 60. I don't act 60. I don't hang out with 60 year olds, but I'm viewed as some old guy. Like, no, people who are older have experience, they have wisdom, they have knowledge, they can mentor, they can teach. They may not be as creative, they may not be as energetic, they may, because, you know, Young people are creative. All the inventions come from young people because young people don't know what they don't know. They can imagine the unimaginable. So that's all fine. But when you value age and when you value experience and when you take the family unit and make it more cohesive instead of busting it up and and pitting it against each other and making it so we put our aged away in, in retirement centers and skilled nursing centers and we don't let the young people interact with them. It's a bad system. In China, they bring the aged together and they learn. Now, you say, well, because they don't have the social net, the social security net. True. But maybe that's okay. And so it's a long, it's a long answer to say my real point. Every single day in this country, 10,000 people turn 65. Every single day. Okay. Same thing in Europe. And that's a, that's a boomer, that's a boomer population problem. And then we have the the baby bust. And then you have y'all, right? The echo boomers, the kids of the baby boomers, that is actually big, 83 million. Boomers are about 81 million. Echo boomers about 83 million. And that's awesome. And over the next 
25 to 30 years, those echo boomers will reach the age of high productivity and high wealth creation and innovation around 35 to 55. And that'll be great. China has 330 million millennials, four times as many. So yes, they have a lot of aged and yes, they have a, a bust in the middle, but their echo boom is way bigger. It's, it's more educated because they focus on education. They send TikTok here. And what do our kids watch? Stupid stuff, like idiotic stuff. In China, you get a little, you're allowed a little bit of stuff, but they actually mandate that 40 minutes is the maximum and that some portion of that has to be on education. Some might say propaganda, but, but education like history and, and politics and like science. So they have a, a focus on generating intelligence and intellect. Here's a stat that most people have no idea. For every engineer, we graduate in the United States, STEM engineer, okay, 450,000 a year. So it sounds like a good number. Yep. China graduates nine. Wow. Four and a half million, I'm sorry, it's 10, four and a half million graduates in engineering. Now, because, oh, their schools aren't as good as ours. Fine. Let's say half of them aren't. I don't believe that, but let's, let's say that. That would still be five times as many. And the other thing, I always laugh, for every lawyer that they graduate, we graduate 40. They're a country of wealth creation. We're a country of wealth redistribution. Look what's happened with the FTX thing. Who's getting rich? The lawyers and the consultants, not the customers. So anyway, I don't even, I don't even wow. know if I answered your question. No, that was amazing, Mark. We got 432 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out some of these latest updates we're going to bring you right here. Mark, I got a little sidetracked during your speech because you brought up so many good points. I'm searching for this video of Gary Gensler being put on the stand and called out in front of Congress just last week. And if you could just give me one moment, I lost it in the background. So, Johnny, give That's me 30 fine. seconds. <clears throat> That's fine, Abs, why you do that. Mark <clears throat> Mark did – there was a lot said there and a lot to unpack. But I think at the end of the day, what you are seeing is a transition. No, no question about it, a transition to – I think your original question was on monetary policy. And are we seeing – you know, the world recur world reserve switching. And we know that there we believe. Well, actually, I have a quick question for Mark. So the question is, is it going to be the yuan that's going to be it over? Or do you see it as going to be? Are we finally going to see, you know, historically, we've seen a change every 100 years or so. One country has been the dominant. Is yep. this where we're going to see the difference where it's not going to be the one? It's going to be a basket of currencies or is it going to be the. The yuan that you great question. About. It's a fantastic question. And, and, and as I've said to you many times, the most important thing and the thing you guys do every morning is ask questions. It's about the question. Questions are way more important than answers. I'm full of answers. I'm full. You know, I'll, you ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. It may not be a good one, but I'll give you an answer. But questions are way more important. Like think of this whole chat GPT thing, right? What's important about chat GPT? that it can use language models and a, and a transformer to guess the next word in a, in a paragraph or a sentence. Okay, that's cool, it's really neat. But what's really important is can you come up with a good prompt to make it get the information that you want that's actually correct, that's actually presented in a way that's legible, that doesn't sound pompous and stupid. Um, so it's, it's how you phrase questions 
and ask follow-up questions and dig further and have it regenerate the response to get a better response. But questions are really important. And, and that question is so important because are we going to a multipolar world? Well, we're kind of there. And, and in a sense, you're seeing it, right? You travel to Costa Rica, they've picked Huawei. You go to France, they've picked Huawei. You go to Mexico, they've picked Huawei. You go to UK, we hate Huawei. We're going with, you know, Nortel or, or Cisco. Okay, fine. So what we've got is a bipolar world. In fact, what happened when we sanctioned Russia? Well, we got exposed for weaponizing our dollar and people exactly. started- Exactly. And what did they do? They reached they, out to China and said, you know what? We don't need no stinking dollars. We'll sell you oil and we'll price it in renminbi. We'll help you. You help us. And Iran, right? Where was the second highest case of COVID? Tehran. Why? Why? Because there was a massive conference in Tehran right after the outbreak. And remember, all COVID was, was seasonal flu. It was a seasonal flu that started in the mountainous regions of Wuhan. There was a paper written in 2017, which told us that this was going to happen. Because what happens is when you have a solar minimum, meaning you have low sunspot activity, low solar activity, right? The sun is a giant nuclear reactor. Sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it's cooler. When it's cooler, you get less radiation hitting the Earth's surface. Viruses come out of the atmosphere. And as they're falling, they get irradiated. So when there's lots of solar activity, you don't have a lot of viruses. You don't have a pandemic. When there's a, a solar minimum, like in 1360 with the plague, the grand solar minimum, this was the second lowest solar reading since the 1300s. And so we were going to have a pandemic. Now, it was going to start in the mountainous regions of China. Why? Because that's where the atmosphere is the thinnest. Mark, I've got to ask you, as somebody who knows way more than me, do you believe they have foresight onto these things and use it as a mechanism of control? Or do you believe they overreacted to the situation? Oh, my God, abs. 100%. WEF, it's not a coincidence that WEF was formed in 1971 when we went off the gold standard. That's Same not there. a coincidence. Nope. It, it's just not. Okay? It's not a coincidence that they did five years ago, five years ago, with Bill Gates present at WEF, it's not a coincidence that they created a game, a simulation of a global pandemic. It's not. So the response, the lockdown response, because the if you look at flu, it goes like this. Every year, goes up, goes down, disappears. 2020, 2021. Zero cases of flu. Magic. It's like magic. Oh, but this COVID thing happened. Well, if you overlay the two graphs, it looks like it's supposed to. So, but it wasn't the it wasn't the virus. It had nothing to do with the virus. It had to do with control. What were you willing to do? Were you willing to stay in your apartment? Were you willing to listen to us spew nonsense and act as if it's fact? That's what that was all about. It's about control. And more importantly, it was about testing the limits of the population. Okay. So the lockdowns were absolutely a plan to see would any of us resist? Would we pay attention? 
And the sad fact is most people nope. pay attention. Sweden did the right thing. And here's the thing. I don't like to agree with Boris Johnson about anything because I don't really care for the man. But he was right. He said, let natural immunity work, right? I lucked out. I got natural immunity. I got the first Delta variant. It was like a bad cold. It was like my third worst flu ever. Yeah, it was okay. My parents got it. I was a little worried about them. They're in their 80s, but they were fine. And I've had no problems since. And it's just because I got the body's an amazing thing. But, but the response was all about cover for MMT, modern monetary thievery. It's not MMT, modern monetary theory. It's theft. What did they do? They doubled the money supply. Right? 247 years as a republic, half the money in 245 years, half the money in two years. Are you fucking kidding me? Pardon my French. Well, I said that once in front of a Frenchman and they said, why? Why do you say that? We're not vulgar. I said, I don't know. So I actually Googled it yesterday, finally for the first time. And it comes from in the UK in the 1800s. There were a lot of people from France and they would speak and people thought it was gibberish and like, oh, excuse my French. Um, so, and swearing is like gibberish. But so the thing is, it was about printing money to devalue the currency, to create inflation, which is theft, to siphon money. And you, and you saw it in, in the opening clip. I said it on, with you guys a couple months ago, three and a half trillion with a T. Remember, one trillion, one trillion is a dollar every second for 31,710 years. Three and a half of those went from the average person to the people at the top because Amazon and Microsoft and all these companies got really big during the pandemic because people freaked out and they bought their stuff on Amazon because, you know, you were supposed to decontaminate and Clorox wipes went up and it's like, it has nothing to do with any of that. I mean, anyway, so now we're at a point where they just created, I believe they, whoever they is, but I know who they is. So they, Rothschilds et al., created the banking crisis that we're going through right now, Silicon Valley Bank, right? They fomented a bank run, okay? First Republic, $100 billion v v uh, deposits vaporized. You know how long it took for them to get $100 billion of deposits. Why are they doing that? They're fomenting distrust in the banking system. Well, why would you do that? Because you want to implement a new system. Why would you do that? Because... And if you haven't seen it, send the video out of Augustine Karstens. I would say, I used to call him Jabba the Hutt, but he really looks more like Kingpin from the, the <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Jabba's being mean. I mean, he's a big guy, but he, he looks, you know, like Kingpin. And he says very evilly, if that's a word, yes, of course we should control the money and how you spend it and if you spend it. And of course, we should be able to devalue it if you don't spend it by Friday or you, know, you get paid today and you drunk text about the president. Of course, we should be able to say your money's not as you know, worth 100 cents tomorrow or we should turn off your electric car uh, because you said something bad on Twitter. I mean, are you kidding me? So look, it just came out this morning. One out of three cars last year in China were, were electric. That has nothing to do with the environment. Pfft, has to do with control. If it's a gasoline car, they can't turn it off. If it's electric and it's software, you can turn it off. 
Here's another concern I have, Mark, that's even more. I mean, it's not a conspiracy whatsoever. When you become dependent on, on countries like China, how are we creating these batteries, right? Everyone saw that Joe Rogan episode where he exposed that whole process. For me, that was eye-opening because once I realized that it's not only less carbon efficient when you really look at the whole process, but the tax, I mean, what they're doing to these people, it's slavery. It's modern day slavery. So, Oh, for, oh well, look, to, to that point, it ain't about being environmentally friendly. And by the way, there's no climate change. You can't measure a thousand year, you cannot measure a thousand year trend on a day or a week or a month or a year. You, you can't. You know, they used to grow oranges in France and now they grow grapes and they grow oranges in Florida because the jet stream shifted 2000 years ago. Don't, don't I mean, just stupid. In fact, we're having, you don't hear people talk about global warming the last three years, do you? Because global cooling is actually happening. We're going back to the ice age, like 1979 Time magazine. But, but that point is it's making batteries, mining cobalt, it's dirty. And by the way, to mine cobalt requires fossil fuels. You can't mine it with electricity. You can't mine it with wind. You got to use fossil fuels. So this idea that we're going to get away from fossil fuels is stupid. In fact, fossil fuels make the world a better place. In fact, slavery was abolished because of fossil fuels, because we discovered oil, which one barrel has 40 human years of labor in one barrel of oil, 40 human years of labor. Okay. It's a pretty efficient thing. So what's interesting about it is the, the, the manufacture is, is about, again, getting control. And yeah, yeah, the cobalt and the lithium. Um, but here's the other problem. I actually just got an electric car. I didn't mean to get an electric car. I wanted a hybrid because I didn't want to be continue. You know, I didn't want to have range anxiety and all that stuff, but I couldn't get a hybrid because they were sold out and there was no chance they were going to get one because of supply chain problems. But I, and guys just drive this. Holy shit. It's way better. It's just a way better driving experience. It's just not close. Someone told me it, it glides. It doesn't drive. It glides. And so I'll, I'll probably never go back, but I have no delusion that I'm doing something good for the environment. That's not the point. Um, and I had to pay more for it too. And it can be turned off with software, which I don't like, but I do like how it drives. And I didn't get a Tesla. I got a Kia because I'm cheap. <laughs> That's well, awesome. That Johnny, was- I'd love to switch into some crypto topics real quick because the video I was looking for, I have found in the background. And Mark, I know you're going to have a powerful response. This is Gary Gensler being directly asked, is Ethereum a security? This video speaks for itself. Good North Carolina boy there, McHenry. Or a security. Without speaking to anyone. I know you've okay. repeatedly it's said you're not going to speak to one, except you've spoken to one. Bitcoin. Speaking to the tokens, there's 10 to 12,000. Is Ether a commodity? Or security. And again, it depends on the facts and the law. And if there's a group of I'm asking about the facts and the law sitting in your seat and the judgment you are making. And so, uh, Mr. Chair, I think you, you would not want me to prejudge because I'm also. But you have prejudged on this. And this is the most important part of this whole statement, Mark. They've prejudged Bitcoin with no questions asked. And they tried to prejudge Ethereum when they had previous SEC officials in there. I'd love for you to comment on this video we found of Gary Gensler as well. I believe it was back in 2018, he was explaining how over 75% of the crypto market already qualified as a commodity and not a security because of the decentralized nature of these platforms. So I'd just love to give you a chance to respond. What's really going on here when it comes to Ethereum 
and the rest of the crypto market being labeled as securities. Corruption. I mean, plain and simple. Look, Gary, when he was speaking as a professor, spoke truth, spoke facts, right? That's what professors do. They, they study, they, they teach that, that that's, that's the process. And uh, yeah, they can have opinions and all that stuff, but, but he was teaching facts, um, Metcalf's law, things like that. So the problem is now he's been politicized. He was appointed, right? Not elected. He was appointed and appointed by some very powerful people with a very powerful agenda. And that agenda is financed by the thing that Bitcoin, Ethereum, and others attack, which are the banks. I mean, the banks are being attacked by these better forms of money, these better stores of value. And, uh, you know, I've talked about this before, right? The first day ignore you phase, 2009 to 2015, have a bunch of nerds and geeks playing with your magic internet money. Who cares? Like $10 million, $20 million, who cares? 2016 to 21, then they laugh at you. Ah, God, look at these idiots. Okay. It's a couple billion dollars, $10 billion. You know, a billion dollars leaves Bank of America and goes into a crypto lender. Who cares? No problem. 10 billion? Hmm. I don't like you, but eh, who cares? A hundred billion? Now we got a freaking problem. Now we got a problem. And so if you just look, who finances these people, financial institutions? So if they don't like it, what do they do? They put a person in place who is going to fight against it. And so what he's doing is what he's been told to do. It's, it's, man, it's very Manchurian candidate-esque, minus the chip. I don't think he has a chip. But I, I do think he's doing what he's told. And what he's been told is you are going to obfuscate and destroy the progress that has been made, and you're going to foment FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, in this space. And so you can't rule. Like when Jay Clayton was in charge, Jay was actually consistent, thoughtful, prudent, measured, like all the things you would want in a regulator. He set policy and rules that we could, you know, uh, pay attention to. And ICOs were clearly securities. Other things were clearly not. But here's the real problem. And I tweeted about this the other day in response to this video. Of course, guys, it's entirely logical that our geriatric leaders rely on their ancient texts and read their scrolls about technology that's 80 years old to try to regulate the modern day financial system. Okay, that's sarcasm. First problem, geriatric leadership. Again, I'm about to be geriatric, so I shouldn't criticize, but what happens is you get less plastic, you get less flexible, you get more in, in, you know, ingrained in your ways. It just is. Second thing is you're wealthier. And you don't want to lose that wealth and you don't want to lose that power. And so both of those things are driving this. These guys are have the wealth and power and they don't want it to be disrupted by a bunch of you know, young kids and, and nerds and geeks. 
And so Gary's doing what he was told to do. And this one fossil um, is, you know, she's assembling a anti-crypto army. Could there be a dumber, more dumb, a more dumb re-election campaign idea than anti-crypto army? So you want to alienate the entire generation of voters that are going to inherit all of the wealth? There's $37 trillion in my generation that's going to yours. $37 trillion. That money is stuff that politicians are going to need. Now, she'll be dead and buried long before that's that that happens. But And I'm not wishing ill on her. I'm just saying we're all at an age where that we're, we're closer to that. Um, but I'm really not wishing ill on her. I, I, I don't understand. No, that's not true. I do understand. I don't like. I do understand, but I don't like this insistence that rules that were written 80 years ago to deal with an antiquated system, okay, should be applied to a new reality. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and and others, there are are others, are different. They are not the same as Fedwire. They are not the same as ACH. They are not the same as Visa and MasterCard and COBOL and Fortran and, and mainframe computers. Decentralization is different than centralization. And, but the bottom line is centralized people like centralization because it keeps them in charge. They don't like decentralization. Decentralization is hard. It's unmanageable. It's uncontrollable. And now it's better for the world. And, and you know, the network effect thing, I love, I love this, this video because it, it, it elucidates what on paper seems easy to understand but hard to visualize, which is, you know, when I was growing up in Seattle, Washington, I had a radio that could pick up WGN radio out of Chicago. Think about that signal traveling from Chicago to Seattle. That's a long way. I've actually driven it. It's 44 hours in a, in a Bronco. I drove it end to end with my roommate, put in uh, Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. We listened to it for 44 hours straight, no stops. I mean, stops for gas and, and bathroom, but no, no sleeping. And it was an amazing trip, but that's when you're young and stupid. But it's a long way. But how did you measure a network? Sarnoff said, well, anyone who can hear that signal is a node, and therefore the linear number of nodes listening to that signal is the value of the network. And Metcalf came along and said, no, are you kidding me? Two people hear the same thing. They will then communicate. And a third person, and they'll communicate. And all of these nodes, it takes on a three-dimensional space, and the value is higher. And that means we go from a linear relationship to this exponential relationship. And exponential growth is the most powerful force in the universe. Here's the thing. Technology, last hundred years, has changed a lot, right? We would say horse and buggy to, you know, space travel, pretty, pretty big change. In the next 50 years, next 50 years, Technology will change 50 quadrillion times. That's 12 zeros. Because that's the way exponential goes, right? Two, four, 16, okay? You keep going. And we've done the, the, the piece of paper on here before, right? Ask anyone listening tonight, take a piece of paper and fold it eight times. 
Even Johnny Crypto, as big and beefy as he can't do it. No one can do it. You can't do it. If you could do it 20 times, it's as tall as your house, 30 times as the atmosphere, 50 times as the sun, 100 times as the known universe. That's 100 doublings. And so technology is accelerating. And the idea that we can regulate and, and utilize ancient texts and literally scrolls from 80 years ago doesn't make any sense. But if octogenarians are in charge, then that's the way they're going to act. And I, I, I look, I'm, I don't really like the guy at all because I think he's kind of evil. But there is a video of the big guy, the president, when he was 35, vociferously advocating for the old guard to pass the torch. Now he's the old guard. And now he's talking about running again. I'm like, are you joking? Pass the freaking torch, dude. You're long since useful. And, but he's not really, the president's not really in charge, right? We know there's people behind him or her in charge. Yeah, this is great. Sorry, Mark, I got stuck on the mute button there. This is a hilarious update out of Joe Biden yesterday. Biden accidentally showed a salvette with instructions on what he should do during his South Korean meeting with the president. Enter the Roosevelt Room and greet the participants. Sit in your seat are some of the instructions written on this tab. It also says make sure you wipe after you go to the bathroom, but that's at the bottom of the card. They don't show that on screen. <laughs> Obviously, I'm just kidding, Mark, but I did want to get some of your thoughts there. We're reaching a time where it seems like the everyday person is waking up to the hypocrisy of American politics. Ten years ago, people who were 25 felt like they legitimately had an impact. I can tell you, me and my friends, we're not even sure if our vote counts, so I'd love for you to address that. Yeah, I, I, you know, here's my thing. All votes count. In fact, if it were up to me, you couldn't get your driver's license if you didn't vote. I would take away privileges if you didn't vote. And because this idea that 50% of people don't vote because they're like, my vote doesn't matter. I live in a state where I don't care. Get out and freaking vote. There are people who go through war zones, right? Of, you know, at the risk of being shot to vote. And we can't vote. Now, we could solve all of it because it should be on this and I should punch a button and it should be on a blockchain. It should be public and everything would be fine. And we couldn't vote early and often like in Chicago. And we couldn't, you know, have hanging chads. And we couldn't bury, you know, things in the swamp like in Florida with when uh, Bush got elected. So we could fix the voting with the blockchain. But there's too much money involved, right? There's these voting machines and, you know, just silly stuff. But we could, we could fix it. But I, I, I do think that everyone has... Not a right. I mean, it is a right, but it's an obligation. Mark, an I just want to say, maybe to I, should have been, I should have been a little bit more specific. It's not that we don't think our votes are counted. It's that the idea of a president in theory, right, is that if all the Americans got into a room, we'd elect the most well-representative of who we are yeah. as an individual. Clearly, that's not the case, whether you're a Trump person or a Biden person. I'm 25 years old. Both of these men are older than my grandparents. Older than my grandparents. 100%. Look, why is it? That the person that many of us, like, loved, okay? Now, he's done some things now that, I, you know, and Pete Buttigieg is who I'm talking about. I mean, Pete, young, brilliant, super smart, Rhodes Scholar. And look, his dad was one of my close friends. I've known him since he was a little kid. I mean, he's amazing. And some of the stuff lately I don't really love. But, but Pete is, is amazing. Would have eviscerated either one of those men in a debate. So someone tapped him on the shoulder and said, boop, you're out. 
you can't do that because we don't want you to eviscerate them because then no one will vote for them. And so I agree, the system's broken, right? Why did, you know, a couple of elections ago, Hillary had a 30 point lead on Obama and she dropped out. Who drops out? If you're head by 30 points, you don't drop out. Tap on the shoulder, you're out. So yes, there's somebody or some buddies controlling that. And there's a reason that having people who, let's just say, are not very effective, but are very polarizing, are really valuable to the ruling class. And politics should, in my mind, be a couple things. One, term limits should never be allowed to be in for more than eight years. Used to be two, and then you went back to the farm. It was voluntary service, and it was part of what the founding fathers, although I find it funny that we talk about the founding fathers. They were children. They were 20-year-olds, right? They were they were you. I mean, they were really smart, really passionate, really incredible, but they weren't me. They weren't 60-year-old people. They were, they were people in their 20s and maybe 30. So the fact that they were as brilliant as they were and, and have things like the Bill of Rights, like the thing we haven't talked about today, this Restrict Act, which is one of the scariest things ever comprehended, at least when they did the Patriot Act, they had the... I don't call it the, the respect to hide how evil it was by calling it the Patriot Act. You're a patriot if you support this. Here, they're like, screw that. Restrict. We want to restrict your freedoms, your rights. Imagine it's actually in this bill that if you have an app that somebody deems improper, you can be arrested without due process. Wow. And jailed for 20 years. I'm not even sure manslaughter gets you 20 years. Having TikTok on your phone or having a crypto app on your phone gets you 20 years with no due process. That is dystopian nightmarishness. And so maybe our votes don't get us what who we want, Abs, but man, we got to do something. We got to talk to our people like McHenry. And we got to get in front. I mean, I saw Jack Maulers was, was talking to Congress the other day. And look, this, this kid is amazing. I mean, he's passionate, he's builder. And, and he got there and he got to, to talk. And, and I, and you have people like Rogan and, and here's the thing, I may be totally duped. I mean, up until two days ago, when I like 72 million other people saw the Tucker Carlson video, I'd actually never seen the dude. People talk about him and, and some people hate him, some people love him, and some people like Fox. Some people. I had just, I had never seen him. So I had no preconceived notion other than I knew a lot of people I know really hated the guy. And I watched that video. I was like, wow, that's like really intelligent. That, that, that's like, I, I, I agree with everything you just said. Truth wins. And someone said, Mark, he's just lying. You're just an idiot. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, I guess he could be lying because he wants to make a lot of money. And but I don't know. And this is part of the the problem and the challenge in in the world of social media. You don't know. Now I do know that this is real, right? It's not a deep fake. It's him, and I believed what he told me. Now he could be totally just lying because he wants to get a big big gig. But the, the, the other thing that, that's more frightening to me is 
that it might not have been him. In this age of AI and deep fake, it could have been somebody else. I don't know if you've seen the clip of uh, Bill Hyder on uh, one of the late shows, and he's doing an impersonation of Tom Cruise. And then he becomes Tom Cruise while he's talking. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it looks so good. You're like, I could not tell that that wasn't real. But here's the crazier thing. Elon's being sued by a family whose uh, somebody in their family died in a crash because of, quote unquote, uh, the fault of full self-driving. And they said, you promised full self-driving and it doesn't exist and our family died because of it. The lawyer's defense, this is crazy shit. The lawyer's defense is, well, yeah, there's video of Elon saying that full self-driving exists, but you don't know that's Elon. That could be a deep fake. Right. I'm like, are you joking? That's a defense? Anyway, so we're, but again, all this can be solved with blockchain. We can know provenance of what's real, right? You can have a little stamp on the bottom of this clip that says, we actually had this conversation. This is real. It's not a simulation. It's not a deep fake. That can happen. It can be on chain. Or is it? Or is it? Right. Um, hey, I, I, hey, just so you know, I tried to fold this paper. <laughs> I can't get, I don't know how you say eight. I can't get past six. I challenge everyone. I, 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 no, some people can get to seven. I can't. You can't get, I, I'm, I'm with you. I can't get past six. I can't but get past six. No, everyone says I can do eight. You can't do eight. No. Impossible. And it's funny. I had a I had a guy say, "I I'm gonna do, I'm gonna use a piece of of tissue paper. That's still paper." And he tried it, and it didn't work. I was like, That's Damn, hilarious. Can't even do it with tissue paper. Well, if, if only he had the biceps of Johnny Crypto, maybe he would have made it possible. But guys, I want you to check out this video, Mark. This is something we've been talking about all week. Ripple came out with an article announcing a global collaboration for a more equitable, sustainable, and inclusive economy. Who are two of the most powerful organizations on the planet? They partnered with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Ah! I just wanted to get a live reaction from you there. What does it mean to you that a company like Ripple has the same goals as these nefarious companies here? Oh, God. You're killing me. You're killing me. I mean, there are not two organizations that I loathe more than those two, which I probably shouldn't say out loud um, because Black Hats will show up. Um, and, you know, everybody's oh, the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. It's so awesome. There's some, yeah. Um, I, that scares me. That actually, okay. that actually okay, scares Mark. me. Now, I will say um, one year ago, uh, that Ripple thing would have been FTX. FTX was the massive sponsor of uh, WEF. Uh, it's now been scrubbed off their website. You know, here's the thing. All of it's interconnected. All of it's interconnected. Um, in the old days, I want to influence you, Abs. I meet you at the park. I got my backpack. I set it down. I walk away. You're like, Mark, you forgot your backpack. And I just keep walking. You look in the backpack. It's full of money. Awesome. Okay. Payday. Not traceable. Not traceable. No one's any wiser. You know. Here's the thing. If, if I wanted to influence some bad stuff and I wanted to do some money laundering, I'd probably use counterfeit $100 bills or, or that money that slid off the back of the airplane 
Remember, remember this one, this, was, this one's crazy. Two trillion with a T, two trillion dollars went missing. Lori supposedly fell out the back of an airplane. And the office that was doing the investigation in the Pentagon happened to be where the explosion happened. That's an odd coincidence, don't you think? But anyway, if I were using that kind of money, that's what I would use. But here's the thing. If I wanted to launder money through Ukraine and get it back into Democratic Party members, why would I sponsor FTX, have the money go from the government to Ukraine, have Ukraine then send it on chain to FTX, have FTX send it on chain to Alameda, have Alameda send it on chain to an, a company owned solely by SBF, whose mom happens to be the largest controller of the largest tumbler to, to get around campaign finance laws to the Democratic Party, and then have it go from that shell company to Democratic Party. Unless I was trying to get caught, unless I was trying to flout how you can't stop me, even if you know I'm doing this. It's like, it's like if, if Barry Sanders, as a running back before you guys were born, um, it would be like if LeBron said, I'm going there and I'm going to dunk over you. And you're like, no, I, you just told me what you're going to do so I can stop you. And he does it, right? It, 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 I, so I don't, I don't know why you would do that. So I, I am concerned. It was 2.3 trillion. I am concerned that Ripple would would consort with the enemy, so to speak. That that does bug me a little bit. Well, we've talked about the banking of the unbanked for quite a while. And right now there's nearly 3.7 billion people around the world who the World Economic Forum considers underbanked. And of course, Ripple has the same objective, but this is what cryptocurrency is all about, Mark. I'm gonna play a 30 second clip exposing what you just basically elaborated on. Here we go. Finance, don't understand that the ledger systems that our traditional financial system run on, both in the banking system and in the security system, are not honest ledgers. And if this is a really simple concept, all we really want is an honest ledger. Because if we have an honest ledger, then the fruits of our labor can be saved in a way that someone else is not stealing it. Is that too much to ask for, Mark? No, no, no. Look, it, 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 Caitlin's amazing. Um, and we're investors in, in her company, full disclosure. But she is amazing. And um, here's the thing. I'm, I'm actually staring... Uh, at a map of Italy right behind off screen where you can't see. I had this big giant map of Italy, uh, one of my favorite places in the world. And uh, and it's the home of, of this issue, right? So, and and I unfortunately got to run relatively quickly, but but I'll, I'll give you this last, this last story. So um, in the olden days, if, if I wanted to lend Billy money, I had the ledger, single entry accounting, and I wrote down, Billy owes me a hundred bucks. He comes back a year later to give me 110. I'm like, oh, Billy, dude, 220. And he's like, no, I only borrowed a hundred. The ledger says, the ledger says two, I'm sorry. And so the Medici's, the benevolent as they are, Medici's came along 800 years ago and said, yeah, that, that's a problem. Okay, here's the thing. Billy, you keep a ledger. Mark, you keep a ledger and we, the benevolent Medici's for a small fee. We'll make sure that the ledgers match. 
But here's the thing. I'm an unscrupulous guy. I go to the Medici's. I'm like, ah, I'm going to write down 200. I'm going to give you 20%. Done. Not an honest ledger. So Billy comes back, 100. Mark says 200. What the hell? Medici's. Here's the Medici's. Hey, hey, 100. I'm sorry, Billy. Mark's ledger's the right ledger. You're screwed. So for 800 years, that system of trust, and look, some percentage of the time, it works flawlessly. Actually, you can trust it. It's good. Now, sometimes it doesn't, right? The fines paid by the global banking system for money laundering, fraud, manipulation of markets equals the market cap of Bitcoin. Just let that sink in. The fines paid, not not the total badness done, the fines paid on the badness equal the market cap of Bitcoin. But now we have a third ledger system, technology, immutable, permanent, encrypted. I have a ledger, Billy has a ledger, and we have the third ledger. I can't screw Billy, no way, no how. Unless I figure out quantum and I break the code, which ain't going to happen. So maybe somebody, but not me. But So Billy and I can trust each other, but we don't have to trust each other because we have truth. Truth is better than trust. Trust is fine. Trust is good. But it's inferior to truth. Truth is what everything's about. Truth is an absolute defense. Right? If you say something bad about somebody and they don't like it, they can sue you unless it's truth. If you speak truth, it's an absolute defense. If you have truth, we don't have to pay for trust. And the thing is, the powers that be strip out $7 trillion a year with a T, that's 68% of global GDP, every year to offer trust. And they like it. Wow. But this technology eradicates the need for that and puts us, the people, back in charge of money. And, and, And at the end of the day, here's the thing. The whole world is built on debt. Everything in the world, currency, is debt. It's credit. Underneath, what lies underneath that is gold. Gold is the only money in the world. Okay? It's an asset that exists in the absence of a liability. Bitcoin is digital gold. Okay? So it takes that base layer of money. But on top of that, we can have other things, Ethereum, level threes, level fours, all kinds of stuff. And we will eventually have these triple entry accounting systems, these truth ledgers. And we can have multiple of them or we could have one. I don't really care. But we're going to solve that. But at the end of the day, we're going to have fact. You get lost. Mark, I've got to ask you one question just because I know you're short on time. Coinbase is taking the initiative to countersue the SEC in order to get some regulation in the United States. And one of the topics that we've been discussing on our channel is the SEC is not trying to shut down crypto. They're more educated than that. They understand that if they can't thrive in the United States, all these technologies are going overseas. And we're seeing adoption in Hong Kong, Europe, and China as well. So I'd just like to hear right now, what is your take on what we're witnessing? You give them more credit than they deserve. You say that they're, they're smarter than that. No, no, they're, they suffer. You can't see it, but this whole shelf right back there, there mm. is all Notre Dame stuff. I'm a Notre Dame guy. And Americans, and particularly American regulators, 
are like Notre Dame football fans. They remember a past that never was, right? Notre Dame football fans think that we win the championship every year. We don't. We haven't won since 88. But in the 40s, we did. In the 40s, we won every single year for four years in a row. How? Well, because the coach during the war went over and got all the guys from Army and Navy to come back as 28-year-olds. And we basically had a semi-pro team for four years. You don't get to do that anymore except at BYU. So Americans have this exceptionalism and we think everything revolves around this. And so we think, oh, we're smarter than that. We're going to just, we're just, we're just, we're going to outlaw it here and we're going to push it into all these other places. That's not how decentralization works, y'all. 80% of digital asset activity exists outside the, you know, the walls of the, the nation state that is the United States. But in a decentralized world, nation states don't matter as much, which yeah. is part of the problem because nation states have rulers and rulers like to rule. They like to be in power. And what so if they have segregated policy though, Mark? What if we have such different policy in the United States from opposed to outside of our borders that that's how they're able to segregate the crypto market? Well, of course. What they can do, what, what they can do, right, is they can make it hard to on-ramp and off-ramp. They can make it criminal, quote unquote, to own. They made gold criminal, right? In 1933, Executive Order 6102. By the way, it's not a, it's not an accident that Satoshi Nakamoto's birthday was this month, 4575. That's not an accident. 4533, Executive Order 6102, banned gold, made it criminal for a citizen to own gold because they wanted to control the money and they wanted to devalue the currency to get out of debt. And then 1975, they had to reverse that and make gold legal again. So 4575, Satoshi Nakamoto's birthday. It's not an accident. The Genesis block has a picture of the chancellor bailing out the banks for the second time. Those aren't accidents. It didn't just magically come into being on January 3rd, 2009. It'd been developed for 20 plus years, but the gold financial crisis crystallized the need for this superior system. So to the point, there's no question that they can push it out of the US, but then what's going to happen is people are going to look for alternatives. I said, I went for a vacation, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, could I live here? Right. Right. And I don't want to move. I love where I live. I love America. People say, oh, you're on America. No, I'm not. I'm, I hate stupid stuff. I hate idiocy. I hate megalomanism. I hate power. Right. I, I like democracy, true democracy. I hate cronyism. I like capitalism. I like competition. I like letting things die that don't deserve to live, right? Yes. I mean, that's the way competition works. I live in the People's Republic of Chapel Hill. For God's sake, they don't keep scoring soccer because someone might lose. Are you joking? Are you joking? The kids keep score, right? Winning and losing is is what life is all about. So, And we I know the winners in that group, they're keeping score in their head anyway. They're keeping so. score in their head. And here's the thing. Every day, we live in this amazing country where we get to go on air and have these great discussions. And your people listening to you get to get smarter every single day because your commitment and your discipline to do this day in, day out. And, and that's awesome. And the fact that we have freedom to speak these things and not have the black hat show up and, you know, hopefully and shut me down. And we should be able to have dialogue and debate in search of truth. We should be able to disagree. We should be able to challenge authority. We should be able to question. We should be able to innovate and come up with better solutions. And we should be able to move on. We should be able to move on from the antiquated systems that no longer are effective and work and benefit the few and make things better for the masses. And we do. And quality of life today is better than it has ever been. 
We have more jobs than any time in history. We've eliminated lots of jobs and AI will eliminate a lot more, but we'll have better jobs and we'll have better lifestyle. All that's good, but it requires commitment and, and relationships and community. You guys have built a community and part of other communities, like my on-chain monkeys thing. Communities are what matter. And in a decentralized world, they're even more important because we can shift and lift and move and join other communities beyond our square box, you know, nation state, at least for now. Anyway. Absolutely, Mark. And I'm not sure if you're still short on time. So if, are you just to clarify. No, no, I, I got to go in two minutes. I got to go to a lunch. Perfect. But, um, hey, we appreciate you. Guys day, but, you know, I talk too much. But. That's the thing. I've literally planned for a six hour show so I could go all day myself. Yeah. But guys, we got 500 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Mark said it himself. We're committed to doing this every day in order to provide hopefully informative, useful comments that you can True. Exactly, Johnny. So Johnny, I'd love to give you the floor. If there's anything you'd like to ask Mark in our last couple of minutes, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, you know, Mark's got to go, so I'm not going to time up because I know Mark can't give a one-minute answer. At least I love you, Mark. I don't want to put you on the spot. I, I can try. I can okay. try. What's the question? I know that the audience wants to know, going back to the original question, do you think the world reserve currency, are we going to the one, or do you think it'll be a basket? Short, simple answer. Well, so I, I believe uh, – I believe we're headed for the renminbi. I think the basket is what'll happen first because the U.S. is going to be loath to give it up. But you know the chart that that Johnny, I mean that Abs has that, that shows. Look, for the first time ever, we have more global trade priced in renminbi than dollars. That's the first time since we cut the deal in 1971 with Saudi Arabia, where they price oil transactions in dollars for our protection, irregardless of whatever they did to us. But that is fading. And so I do think eventually it'll be China. But the problem is China needs to open their capital account completely. And they haven't been willing to do that yet. I think they will. Either way, we're moving to this multipolar world. And I hope it doesn't mean two internets and and two kind of jurisdictional kind of ways of looking at the world. But that's probably where we're going to head. And I don't really want to align with one or the other. I, I kind of like, there's, there's a great book for, for kids who have uh, daughters called Queen Bees and Wannabes. And it talks about, you know, every middle school has the queen bee and then she has her two henchmen. And then there are these things called transitionals. I like to be a transitional. I like to go back and forth between the cool kids and the nerds and the jocks. And I want to be a little bit of everything. And I think that's the way you survive in life is is being able to, uh, integrate with all different types. So yeah, so Mark, that's the best I could do and get under a minute. No, you did good. So the so last thing to wrap it up. So people want to know what do you do to protect yourself. So would a safe thing be to invest in, let's say, some yuan, knowing or renminbi, knowing that that's oh, going to be yeah, yeah, great. That preserve um, capital. What, my what, way, what? right, is I own some Bitcoin. I own some Ethereum. I own a few other little things. I own a lot of venture capital, investing in innovation, investing in the future. That's how I protect myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I have multiple bank accounts. I learned the lesson that you can't just have one. You got to have multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, I see nothing wrong with with owning a little, with a little renminbi here, because I think it's been like the only currency stronger than the dollar over the past mm-hmm. three years. 
you know, the dollars, the dollar looks strong, but it's just less weak than the the yen and the euro, which I wouldn't own. Those are all toilet paper. But it, so I, I, I like the RMB. I, you know, my friend um, uh, actually got a mortgage in RMB on his house, which I thought was actually going a little far, but he actually Ooh. did. And it's actually <laughs> not a bad idea. It's not a bad More. idea. This People used to do that in Japan because you could borrow in Japan at zero. Uh, and this was when rates in, in, in China were lower. Now they're roughly equivalent. So I might not go there. But anyway, there are things you can do to protect yourself. The most important thing, uh, educate yourself. Mm. Okay. Have multiple streams of, of influence and, and income. And then have a portion of your wealth outside the global financial system just in case. Mark, one last question. People are asking, what other coins do you own besides Bitcoin and Ethereum? I know you may not be able to openly share. No, look, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an open ledger. So we, we still own a decent bag of Solana and we've been selling it because um, I, I worry about some stuff there. But uh, yeah. we were early, early, early there. And and that wasn't me. I mean, we, we invested with somebody and they, they got in early. But I, I don't like what Sam did with that. But anyway, so um, we, own, we own some one-inch... It's been okay. Uh, we own Provenance, which is part of the the figure ecosystem. Um, we run a validator node in ETH, so we earn some that way. Nice. Um, what else? What are you about, what about XRP? Where are you at? Which ah, I st- we, we still you? don't own it. We still, still don't own it. Um, okay. We haven't got I, you there yet. Look, okay. you, you know my position, right? Yeah. Which is, yeah. Yeah, it's we, we believed that, that XRP and... Um, oh shoot, uh, Stellar, Luminar, Stellar. Um, were too centrally controlled by the foundation. Yeah, doesn't mean we're right, but that was our our position, and and you know we have to. Yeah, everyone has to have a discipline, and um, but the more time I spend with y'all, and the more I dig in, I'm, I'm I'm coming around. I've also been working on Algo with some other guys, but um, Algo's in trouble because Mooch got on the wrong side of some people again, but, and I love Mooch. Mooch is, I mean, I consider him a, a, not a close friend, but I consider him a friend and I feel badly that, you know, everything he touches these days, somebody wants to poke at him and uh, it's crazy. It is crazy. XRP that. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Always fun to be with you. I wish you all the best for, for the weekend. Uh, again, apologize for talking too much and not letting y'all talk. Never. But, uh, Never. Are you kidding me? We love fun. having you. Thank you so much, Mark. I look forward to collaborating again soon. All right. Thanks see you soon. Mark. Thanks for your time, buddy. Awesome, guys. Bye. And we got 490 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we didn't get a chance to address it with Mark on the air. So we are going to address the XRP CBDC announcement out of Texas in consensus yesterday. But before we do that, guys, we're going to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. 
go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Not only is it the smartest way to track your crypto, but one of the most popular questions we get, Johnny, is does Merlin custody your cryptocurrency? Absolutely not. We are an exit strategy app. We help you execute and profit within this market. And the best part of our application, 30 days absolutely free. But guys, we're about to break down this Ripple article right now as one of the leaders for Montenegro's central bank tweeted out a picture yesterday of him standing with the Ripple team at Consensus in Texas. Well, why is this important? Because in early April, April 11th to be exact, Montenegro's central bank is set to test a central bank digital currency using Ripple's technology. Of course, we went in and got a video explaining all this. So we'll play this and go to Johnny and Billy. Here we go. So what are we learning? So we've got two announced um, projects and then we've got five under NDA. Um, Real Monetary Authority of the time is a real CBDC. So there's a central bank and they've issued a currency and that's very much at decent stages at the moment. And Palau is actually a US dollar stable coin. So Palau has its own government, but no central bank. So they use the US dollar. So we're issuing um, on the public blockchain, on the public XRP ledger, a USD stablecoin. You guys heard it for yourself. On the public XRP ledger, they are issuing a US dollar stablecoin. That's important for a lot of reasons. But the number one reason here, Johnny, is that when they build a central bank digital currency product, it's going to be on the public ledger. And what does that mean for XRP holders around the world? It means liquidity is flooding in to the public blockchain. So we got validation yesterday from... Uh, consensus. I'd love to hear what it means to you, Rodo. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, huge news. was like, uh, talk about dropping the bomb here. This is a big, big, big story here. I mean, it's certainly something you want to hear and see. Uh, it's the first step, I think, in Ripple. You know, we've heard that they're being tested in other different types of um, systems, but, you know, they hear them come out and say, you know, we're literally going to use it. And in a public blockchain, most central banks have said they want a private blockchain version now regardless they still use xrp if they use the odl so that won't really matter much other than you won't be able to see the transaction but i think it's just, it's, it's it's you know it's definitely something you want to hear as a ripple or an xrp owner or even as a ripple owner if you own ripple if you're an accredited investor so to me abs fantastic big news big big news now the question is do we see this permeating through other central bank system tests because we know that the rest of these nations are going to start doing tests and it would be interesting if that happens because again the more the central banks are using the same system the more the better chance or higher probability of adoption of this this technology so to me that is that is something i want to see is this the beginning is this the start of something or is this just a one-off that's what we need to keep our eye on but certainly this is fantastic news if you're a ripple or xrp holder Billy, I'd love to get some thoughts from you as well. One of the biggest stories out of yesterday is that the SEC is being fired back at when it comes to Coinbase, as Coinbase is claiming that the SEC is responsible for them offering unregistered securities, if that's what they're being accused of. But going back to this Ripple article, Montenegro is not part of the European Union, but they're one of the most important financial districts when it comes to Europe and getting involved with these central banks. To see this move and see them perfecting this technology using Ripple, it's a great sign to me. What's it mean to you, Billy? It just means it's a pilot to me. <clears throat> There's a little test phase that they're going to go through, prove that the theory works, and, and then try to push it out. It's exactly what we've been saying the whole time. It's just step by step, grind it out until you get the platform, and then you prove uh, proof of concept. And like Johnny said, 
whatever they're using in the background is what they're going to use. Uh, it's whatever they're going to pick. So, I mean, all these, all these relationships that continue to happen, even though there's so much bullshit going on with the lawsuit and everything, it's just huge. It just goes to show how powerful they really are and what they're trying to do. 100% Billy. And this is the latest update we have out of Coinbase from yesterday. Coinbase is talking about having to fight back against the SEC, but they outlined a great argument as to what they're trying to avoid down here. Just got to throw this on mute. Um, so the exchange explained that the SEC has neglected to provide clear guidelines for the regulators' recent enforcement actions. If the commission believed in April of 2021 that Coinbase's core business violated securities law, it should have been required by its own mandate to prevent the S1 from becoming effective and to prevent the investing public. What are they trying to say here? Coinbase in 2021 was approved to IPO on the New York Stock Exchange. So, of course, they had to go through due process at the SEC. The SEC said that their business was not only legal, but it was okay to be offered to the general public. If that doesn't speak to the hypocrisy here, I don't know what does. But, Johnny, how do you feel about this quote? No, that's exactly how I felt. I've always felt all along that it was somewhat there's some uh, some level of hypocrisy if the SEC abs is going to actually go after Coinbase when they had to get approvals from the SEC to go public. I mean, I just didn't understand that part. It makes no sense to me. You can't come out and say, okay, we're going to stamp these guys for approval to go public, and then we're going to sue them for something that, well, we should have caught when we approved them to go public. I mean, it doesn't make sense. If, if they were doing something wrong, then why give them the approval to go in sell. So I don't know if there's two different sets of rules of, hey, if you're going public, it doesn't matter if you're breaking security laws, which sounds moronic to me. I would think it would, but I don't understand the SEC rules and laws good enough to know if that isn't part of the screening criteria of going public. But I would think if you're allowing a company to go on the publicly traded stock market, which is trading securities, <laughs> that if there was a security issue, you would have called it out during that process. So I'm just completely baffled of how that got missed, but maybe I just don't understand the process. Usually they have people in place to make sure that you're in compliance across the board. Like you reach out, hey, check A, check B. Yeah, it's called compliance. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And Johnny, one last quote I wanted to read here. Instead, it allowed the offering to proceed and millions of members of the general public invested in Coinbase. So the exact uh, investors that the SEC is supposed to be protecting, they are putting in harm's way and then taking their money after the fact. But guys, we got 404 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Billy. And thank you to Mark Yusko, the renowned crypto investor himself. We've got 401 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Not only are we going to be in XRP Vegas next week, but we'll see you guys on Monday in 72 hours. So like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.